Hey guys, what's up? It's Lizzie Jane. We're tuning in to another episode of the EXO podcast. This week, we have rising bass producer, guitarist, overall stellar fucking artist. He goes by the name of Evolution. He is from Tallahassee, Florida. Him and I have similar paths because we were both residents and then we transitioned into this point where we were always making music, always producing, and we stepped away from that residency. And now Evan has like grown so much. It's crazy to see his journey. He has an EP dropping on Subcarbon Records at the beginning of 2022. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. He's had some stellar releases on Bass Rush this past year, as well as other labels. It's really sick to see people like him grow. Such a good guy. I was glad that we could make it happen, meet up at the studio. Don't forget, you can get exclusive access to content, bloopers, and more all at my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. Don't forget, we have a new EXO radio dropping next week. I just dropped the new podcast with Jordan Moffey, so make sure to check into that if you're curious about about Beatport distribution, so on and so forth. This is Lizzie Jane, and you are tuning into the EXO podcast. Evan, hi. Yeah. Lizzie, hello. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we can make it happen. You just moved to Tampa. Yes, finally. I'm very excited to be back home. It definitely feels good. So you're originally from Tampa. Yeah, so okay. I actually grew up in Tampa. Um, I was born and raised here. Then when I was 18, I went to school in Tallahassee for FSU. So I've been there the last five years. And now I'm in like a different area of Tampa, which is super nice. Like my parents grew up in like new Tampa area. Yeah, nice, so now nice I'm Tampa. In like, yeah, now I'm in like downtown Tampa and it's like super cool and it's good change of scenery. It feels good. Definitely. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine being in Tallahassee for X amount of years yeah. and then coming back here. And it's changed so much here. Yeah, no, literally so much. There's so much being built, like, around me right now. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, like, I've noticed the traffic. I've noticed more people. Yeah. When I go down to St. Pete, I look around and I think, okay, none of these people are from here. These people aren't Floridians. And it's cool yeah, that actually, we're growing, yeah. but I just see the kind of end result of the COVID migrations yeah. all feeding into Florida, which I totally understand. But for all those listening, this is Evolution. Hello. He I'm Evan. is a bass up and coming. I wouldn't even say up and coming more anymore. Bass producer started in Tallahassee, kind of did the same thing as me in a larger sense where you were a resident at every single club yeah. on the block for like multiple years. And, yeah. you know, now you're on to bigger and better things. And yes. it's it's got to be exciting releasing on like Fight This. And you've got a new EP coming out soon. Yes. Um, I actually have a new EP coming out in January. I'm super excited. We could talk about that more in a little bit, but it's on a label I've been like working towards for oh, a yeah. long time. Um, but yeah, like it feels so good to. Honestly, just, like, you know, like, that sense of change when you move to a new place and you kind of have, like, a different routine, you just feel super, like, motivated and, like, ready to do new things, and that's kind of, like, how the last couple months have felt. So yes. it's been super, what's the word, like, motivational and, like, good for me, like, creatively, definitely. Sometimes you just, like, need a change of scenery, and I talk yeah. to producers about that all the time because I feel like we've all kind of gone in a rut 
at one point in the last two years yeah. with COVID and just moving and all of this other stuff. So a change of scenery can definitely help inspire that like creative flow to keep 100%. on going. And you've always had yeah. that like kind of bass, wonky sound, but you've had like such a history establishing yourself as like yeah. playing guitar, doing the live yeah. performance, partnering with the DJ thing. Yeah. And so did that come from just like your development period in Tallahassee yeah. or were you always in a band? Like, tell me about so, your background. Yeah, so I like grew up playing instruments. We had a band room like in my house, literally in my garage. Like my I parents. Yeah, oh like, yeah, the band they, room. They built us out like a whole band room. Uh, like I have a brother who's two years older than me and he played drums. My oldest brother, he's a DJ as well, but he used to play guitar. So, like, we would all just jam together. And that kind of, like, established it for a little. Like, I played in a band in, like, middle school with homies. Um, I did theater in high school. So, like, I loved, like, singing, jamming, performing, and all that stuff. And um, it was, like, around the time that I moved to Tallahassee, I started doing, like, acoustic stuff. And that okay. was, like, how I kind of got my start. Like, I would play loop pedal shows like yeah where i like beatbox and sing and play guitar yeah and that led to like dj gigs at the bars and it was like after djing for a little bit that i was like i really want to make my own music i just got kind of like tired of playing the same records every weekend and i was like yeah i should try to do something different <laughs> the same thing happened to me at brits where i remember i came in and it was like, you're going to kind of like audition or we're going to like try you out on a day. And then the GM there basically said, we know you make bass music and we know you want to be on this night, but we want you, but you have to do the house stuff first. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, all right, I, I get, I got this. I was like 19. I was like, all right, like totally cool. Um, and then I just remember playing and then I eventually got moved to Fridays and I was just in the mindset of I'm getting bored playing yeah, other people's shit. And then like... where we have kind of musical backgrounds in like rock and metal and all that stuff, or at least like basic music theory knowledge, yeah. which honestly goes so far in our industry yeah. to understand yeah. like major chords, minor chords, how yeah. to write like musicality. And it's just learning the DAW. Like, learning the DAW was yeah. my biggest obstacle. 100%. It took me... I definitely had Ableton, like, on my computer for a good year before I even, like, knew, like, what was going on. And I would yeah. just, like, occasionally go on it. I would get super frustrated. And then I was like, nah. And I, like, could not get it for the life of me. Yeah. And it felt so good, like, when you can finally, like, hop into DAW and, like, put something in there that, like, you can think of. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, the fluidity of you being able to hear something in your head. Yeah. And then execute it through the it DAW. so good. It's definitely yeah. something that takes time and patience. Yeah. And that's why, like, with my students, I'm basically just like, hey, there's a lot of people who don't even understand notes and understand music theory. But if you can just understand, like, the basic grasp of it, it's going to make it so much easier to translate in the DAW. Because there's, like, yeah. you know, there's, like, one thing understanding how like to write a structure or understanding how to layer correctly or do make sounds but yeah. the musicality of it which is what I feel like is 
a little bit stale right now yeah. is is hard because That's, you yeah. know writing like a you know either writing with lyrics or writing with a hook or chorus yeah. and you just I like think of that song that you just released with Stellar the Florida, Florida sound, sound where there's like this element of musicality to it that's not just like every other thing you're hearing being released that actually like that reminds me of another point about uh like the music theory thing like lately I feel like I've been thinking to myself like I need to be better about not trying to make like a million different sounds in one track and instead like really focusing on like the actual like chord progressions and the melodies and picking like a really good sound to fulfill like that it's the simplicity progression. and like it works so well like I've been noticing it I'm like dude these work so well and like don't get me wrong I still have a bunch of tracks that like have like a bunch of different sound design pieces and like I love them but like I really have been kind of getting back into like keeping it like simple and really good. And you I think have that's important. to. It's so yeah. important, but it's hard. It is a difficult task to stay simple. Because you're trying to like out, yeah, like you have to always like outdo something. You're mm -hmm. always trying to like, yeah. And you just have to understand sometimes, like I use Peekaboo as the perfect example whenever I talk to like yeah. other producers or students, and I'm just like, Dude, he like doesn't use MIDI. He doesn't sound design. He resamples. And I would That's watch crazy, him yeah. when we were on tour. He's like putting together a song like in one session backstage. And it's That's it's nuts. it's wild, but it's all about knowing where the elements fit in like the sound spectrum yeah. from like a mixing standpoint and then also just keeping it simple and his yeah. shit bangs and that's so why good. when I feel like you approach a simpler kind of arranged song with fewer elements yeah. it's going to sound cleaner if you always, can get yeah. it to push into the master louder 100 percent. yeah it'll always sound way cleaner also how was your first tour i need it to hear about really that cool. it, it was, was it was super awesome it's like you know it's it's growing pains where yeah. you you're in this very similar situation where yeah. When you were, you, you know, it's different being a resident. And I know you did kind of more open format, yeah, but towards like, the end, you played all bass music. You yeah. played all your own stuff. And that was very much so the situation I was in where I was at a point where I was just like, hey, I'm going to play my own music. So yeah, like, as long <laughs> as the headliner doesn't come to our club and say, they cannot play this, they can't do this, which rarely happens with bass acts, mm -hmm. then I'm going to do my own thing. And it's really crazy. Like, you have this great following. Now in, like, pretty much the whole state of Florida, but really in that Tallahassee market, yeah. where you have to step away and say, it's kind of like a mind fuck. Because you're yeah. like, oh, my God, like, all these people know who I am. Yeah. And I can sell hard tickets here. And people will come and see me. They'll buy my merch. They'll support me. And then you're like... It's like big fish, small pond, a small fish, big pond. Yep. Yeah. And then you have that realization moment that you have to do that everywhere yeah and exactly everybody's like journey is different but i know you're in it for the long term i'm in it for the long term yeah. so it's having to take opportunities like this where you know some rooms that you're playing on opening on a tour where there's five other acts you're not gonna have a bunch of people yeah and on yeah. top of that regardless of your discography regardless of who you've released with a lot of those people don't know who the fuck you are and so it's like that's taking... also the best though. Yeah, that's the yeah, best when you yeah. get to play for a room. Like I would rather play. I always say this. I was like, I'd rather play for a room of twenty people who don't know me than play for a room of five hundred people who like aren't really there to see me and aren't like helping me. Like you know, like they're not like they're not like listening to my music. Like if I'm at a residency spot, like they're there to hear hip hop. So like it's awesome to like 
those moments feel great. Like, even when you're, like, playing for, like, a small amount of people in a new state, like, it's the best feeling ever. Which is even what, like, happened with Ritz, where we were at the position where my team at the current time was explaining how, like, these talent buyers from Insomniacs and these talent buyers from here were interested in me because I have a strong market here, but why would they book me for this price when everybody can come and see me for free? And then you're yeah. dealing with people who all wear your merch, who really support the fuck out of you, who yeah. still is, like, the strongest fan base I have today, but they can see you every week, and they yeah. all know who you are, and you know who they are, and that's kind of it, and that's a wrap. Yeah. And it's like, how long do you stay in that position where you don't want to jump the gun? Because we've yeah. all seen people who have jumped the gun and they've taken step backwards. And you don't yeah. want that to happen to no, you, exactly. you know? Yeah. But I think the the number one priority in that is making sure you are releasing music or doing concepts like the mix that you just released, yeah. which is the Darwinism mix, right? Yeah, no, I was super excited about that. Um, that's, like, my first, like, showcase-ish mix. It has, um, it's not, like, only unreleased music, but it's, like, mainly unreleased music. It's 20 tracks, has 11 unreleased originals and one unreleased remix, and then it's eight of, like, my favorite releases throughout the year. So... That's fine. And it's all, like, tied together in this cool little, like, Darwinism theory because, like, Darwin invented evolution. I thought it helped kind of... No, it's on brand. I thought it, it is would, on brand. I thought it would it's maybe help people not say like evolution or evaluation. I was like, this oh, will help do you a little get bit that? so much. Oh man. I literally get evaluation like so much. I was like, this might like help like a little bit if you hear evolution and like Darwinism. Evaluation. So many times. <laughs> oh my so god. Many times. I'd be like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Honestly, that was kind of like isn't even hard to pronounce. There's hard yeah, artist names to pronounce out there. Yeah, I mean it's literally just the word evolution, but with an A swap for the O, but, like, it kind of throws people for a loop sometimes, I guess, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's, like, dope. I remember looking at the track list, and I was like, damn, okay, but, like, you have a sound, and you've always had this sound that, like, you've wanted to chase, whereas the position I'm in right now is very much so where I feel like I'm given the first opportunity to do with my project, whatever the fuck I want to do. And I will, like, never leave bass music, but I'm definitely ticking a lot more towards, like, that Ophelia kind yeah. of melodic bass with, yeah, like, my last... Stuff. With, like, my last few releases because it's, like, singing. I can add live elements really yeah. easily. Like, we've had the discussion about, like, adding my bass guitar that and stuff, stuff like that. so well, yeah. So it's it's cool, and it's... it's but it's, it's so interesting walking away from something where you were so established and being like, okay, like, now I have my chance to really do what I want to do. Yeah, it's, like, it's definitely scary, but it's also super rewarding at the same time. And, like, it feels good, and I feel like it really, like, motivates me, if anything, because, like, I don't have, like, a consistent schedule right now. It's kind of yeah. just, like, I take bookings as they come, and that's how it is. And, like, it's scary at times, but, like, it's also... It feels really good, and it feels, like... It feels really good to be, like, independent and on my own and not have to, like, rely on, like, that weekly residential system and, like, having a boss and all that. So. Oh, definitely. It's a whole different yeah. ballgame, and it's definitely, like, an uncomfortable growing pain, but that's how you know that you're growing, when you're yeah. uncomfortable as fuck. No, exactly. When yeah. did you know it was the right time to be like, hey, I'm, like, not taking a local billing anymore. I'm not going to do um, the resident thing. Did it just co-align with you moving, or were yeah. you like, I can't do this anymore? Uh, it was, like, a little bit of a mix of both. Yeah, yeah. No, I was in that position for literally a year. I would come home, and I'd be like, Wes, I want to leave. And he'd be like, you're not yeah. ready yet. And I'd be like, Wes, I want to leave. And then 
it just came to the point where like we were out of COVID. We were dealing with, you know, because what a lot of people don't understand is that when you're touring, you are having to pay for flights. You're having to pay for hotels sometimes. It's not always hotel ground yeah. and rider. They're never going to cover flights. And yep. the bigger the opportunity, the less you're getting paid. Yep. And, like, that's always. the truth. Where yeah. with the residencies, you know, we're not making much, but that shit goes right in our pocket. It's consistent, It's yeah. consistent. It's financial stability. It's not much, but you're not losing anything from expenses yeah where if you're getting paid a few hundred dollars for a tour date in chicago you're not making shit no you're not making anything yeah like that's kind of like honestly the way i'll see it is like when you get those like headline bookings by yourself those kind of like balance out so like if oh yeah yeah it's like if you take like a couple of like the lower billing slots when you're like opening up for someone but you know you're playing for a huge audience because they're selling out that room that balance it's like i'll happily take less money as long as like i'm taking a couple headline gigs to balance that out and then it it all comes around and it works yeah because if you can take the one 2k headline gig balance out the few hundred dollar thousand dollar thousand person room that's that's how you kind of balance it out and i think also because of covid a lot of us realized that like we have to have multiple sources of income like no matter what because because it not only is it like i i don't even live off of what i make from touring with like lizzie jane like that goes right back into the project like maybe it'll help me here and there but you it's like not an inexpensive ordeal to have a project and grow a brand and grow your music. And with social media nowadays, it's like a pay-to-play deal. Like, sometimes you are just, like... spend money to make it. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's... Yeah. And you and your your manager have been together for a long time. For a little bit, yeah. He was actually, like... He was, like, unofficially just helping me, like, during COVID, basically, and just working with me. He was sending my stuff to, like, different outlets, and he had, like, connections that he was lining me up with. So, like, that helped a lot. And then when COVID was over, I was we just, like, decided to, like, actually officially work together. And he has been absolutely crushing it for me. He's been keeping, like, my schedule really consistent. He's been, like, really good with, like, motivating me and, like, making sure I'm, like, working, but also not, like, impeding on, like, the creative flow and not, like... He's like very good about that. So, um, that's yeah. Fire. And I'm he's also, for someone like that right and now. he's also very close to my girlfriend, which like that's important. Yeah. It's good oh, to have yeah. a manager who's like good friends with like your girlfriend and like your friends. And you can like, I can like leave to go play and know that like Charles will like hang out with my friends and stuff. And like that's like cool as hell. Like I like that. Yeah, that definitely. I'm recently a like completely independent artist. So yeah. I'm in transition of teams right now. So, a few people who I'm going to do trial phases with starting in, like, quarter one. Like, yeah, like, I want you to be my boyfriend. We yeah. kind of... You've been with your girlfriend longer than I've been with Wes. It was but four years, like, a week ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah but crazy. I'm almost... I'm about with three years with Wes. So, oh, yeah, so awesome. like, when you dated someone for that long, it's important for them to be yeah. included because... We just, I mean, like, I just think about shit that I saw on, like, Twitter this morning and just, like, all this drama we see all the time. And, you know, they're just, like, fuckheads. And Mm. there's, like, a lot of them that just really, you know, everyone's, like, the star of their own story. And they're just, like, not going to look out for you. People are scummy, unfortunately. Yeah. everyone looks out for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, like, with your significant other, I think that's something that we have that's, like, a privilege where our significant other, like, 
they're both not involved in the industry, which yeah. is fucking A1. Yeah. If I, I, I gave any dating <laughs> advice to any up and coming artist, don't fucking date someone in the industry. Yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> and they want the best for you. Like, your girlfriend wants the best for you. And, like, yeah. what happens is that sometimes these people who, you know, they've maybe, like, had a little bit of a track record, they just want to, like, sell you the dream. And they want to, like, talk this talk and, like, walk this walk. And the reality of it is, like, hard to see sometimes when you want it so bad. And, like, yeah. people in your position and my position, like, we are willing. We've already sacrificed yeah. so much to do it. So when somebody comes to us and they're like, oh, like, this is what we can do for you, da 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 But they have no, like, history behind them. It's hard. It's really hard to believe that, yeah. Yeah, but I look at, like, a similar kind of relationship that, like, Mike has with Alex, like, Blunt and Blunt has with Shamback, where, like, you have with your manager, where... You guys were really together since day one. Yeah. And, like, that's what I kind of see. I, I see two kind of different categories when an artist starts with someone who's not necessarily got a huge track record, but they're super hungry and they really believe in your project. Yeah. And I think that's more important than anything is just, like, the vision to believe in it. Because if somebody yeah. doesn't believe in it and you're just, like, another client on the block, that's you're the thing, yeah. not going to get prioritized. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, cool to be repped by bigger people, but, like, I would, I'd rather be with someone who doesn't have a track record and them putting 100% of their time into me yeah. than someone who's going to, like, kind of brush me off and help out the bigger guys and not really put all their effort into the project. Because, like, at the growing stage, you need to put 100% effort yeah. into the project. At, or, can't. like, run all their other artists in circles where, like, the yeah. little guys are doing things to help out the big guys, yeah. and then the big and guys help out the little guys. Fair, and yeah. it's, like, it's worth it sometimes with some opportunities, like a touring placement or yeah. this and that. But it's, like, long-term, do you really want someone who's just bargaining your shit to get other people other shit? And, and that's exactly where the discussions I'm having with people now is more so, like, hey, like, You've put in your time. You've laid the bricks, you know. I've done my stuff. I've laid the bricks. Like, I need somebody who's passionate about what I'm doing and where I'm going. Because yeah. that is 100. Yeah, like, no, definitely. Most important on anything. And someone who's going to, like, this is not a business you get into for the money in the first 10 no, years. At not all. At like, all. whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, you want them to be working when they're not necessarily going to get paid because they know it's, like, for you for this opportunity as like a team and they like know that it's gonna pay off eventually and that that like motivate yeah yeah no, 100%. yeah it's it's wild it's, it's, so, yeah and it's, it's so important to have a team too and that's why like everyone's journey is different but long term i feel like the best advice is just to trust your gut and really evaluate people because it's so it's so hard with how the internet works now you can have these like relationships online yeah that is kind of crazy now one thing that really bothers me about twitter is like how accessible it is now to like directly talk shit to artists that like Dude. i hate seeing that and i'm just like one why would you ever write something like that online and have your name tied to it that's like so embarrassing beyond belief and like it's just so messed up. Like it's so I hate, I hate seeing shit like that. I'm that's thinking like about a, the trivecta thing that I saw the other day. Tallahassee in like and a nutshell. Real, oh, like yeah, yeah I didn't like, even think about that. You're from Tally, yeah. so you get it. And it's like total, probably. Yeah. I mean, I was in a sorority, but probably total sorority girl. Yeah. That's like just not clued in in the, the least. The funniest fact. thing was there was literally people. There was like some bracket who was literally complaining about saying he was playing too much D and B. Trivecta doesn't play DMB. He literally responded and was like, I literally didn't even play any DMB this entire weekend. I was like, you guys don't even know what you're saying and you're trying to talk shit to people. Like, 
And it's it's so hard. And that's why artists feel like they're pushed into a box. Yeah. That's literally, and like Sam is one of the most He's so talented, talented people I know yeah. out there. Like period. And like he does similar to you where like you play your guitar, he plays his guitar, but he goes through this like a range of motions and it's like a cinematic it thing. It's like an adventure. Is. It's yeah. a lot like Swarm too, mm-hmm. where they all have their own things, yeah. but their followings are like cult followings, yeah. and that's what you want as an artist. You want people. You want people showing up and to make that tent fucking yeah. collapse yeah. at the festival. Literally, and it's like I would rather have a smaller fan base of fans who act like that than yeah. a room of people that just want to hear one fifty dubstep yeah. over and over again for no. an hour, and they don't give a fuck about you. A hundred percent. That's the worst. That's something like I've been trying to adjust with more too because like I don't like to just make 70 to 75 BP like I don't make that stuff I've been so, writing like, a 90 BPM all over that's like half time yeah like my next EP has a 90 BPM track on it it has um there's an 80 track on it there's literally like a really slow like jazzy track it's beatbox too actually I can say oh, that fire. yeah so like it's like slow but like I feel like sometimes like it's like hard to play that stuff in like a live setting and that like bothers me, but I also know that's like part of the game right now. Like when you're small, it's hard to play like whatever the fuck you want. Like sometimes when you're resonant, it's hard yeah, to play whatever yeah. the fuck you want. Like, like <laughs> oh, but it, it is, it is, and that's and that's like what I went up against with the Peekaboo tour because I was like a last minute add to the tour, and I remember talking to my management at the time, and I was just explaining to them how I was gonna do my own thing. Yeah. I was like. I'm getting half an hour to 45 minute sets and I have enough music of mine to fill up that yeah. whole entire block. So do I fit with Peekaboo sound and my sound? No, absolutely fucking not. But there's going to be some people in the room Who that fuck that with that. Yeah. And that's like all that matters because that's how you're going to build. And if you just go there and you play the same shit that everyone else is going to be playing for the rest of the night, yeah. you're just another person. No, yeah. So you might as well do your own thing and have people. You're never going to please everybody. So you might as well just do what you want to do. Especially nowadays. Oh, literally. my God. It, everyone always has something to say. And, yeah. and what's sad is that I thought when we made it through this, like, we remember how bad it was. I remember talking to Mike yeah. here during for 420 of 2020 yeah and or er, sorry <laughs> yeah 420 of 2021 and you know he was getting attacked like he was getting drug on the floor Bro. like you're going to your fucking rave and it was really fucking shitty That's i felt so bad dude. for the kid because mentally that would fuck me and yeah. and you know now nobody says anything about it which is fine but i really thought that that whole concept of like the canceling and the talking poorly was going to go yeah. away when people had the opportunity to go outside like, and it hasn't things. it hasn't at all and if it anything hasn't. it's like getting worse too it's like it's bad yeah it's it's so shitty like it's that's so what, sad that's also like a really fucked situation because mike anyone who knows mike knows he's like one of the most wholesome fucking people no, he's in a the sweetheart. world so like that's that's fucking trash yeah, like, yeah yeah and and it's like i've had conversations with promoters purchasers on all ends now of like the country and they were just like the people who took the gigs during times where no one was taking gigs are the only reason why we're open yeah so literally that's like another 
topic of conversation. This is literally why I have podcasts, so people can just leave shitty comments. No yeah. one has to go back and forth. <laughs> but that's another topic of conversation that no one wanted to discuss. No one wanted yeah. to discuss that Florida was wide open. No one wanted to discuss that there were 50,000 people in town for the Super Bowl. It's all, like, fucking... You know? And, yeah. and to see things continue on, I'm just like... Society is ending. <laughs> like society is imploding. Shit is crazy. It's it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty wild. And but it yeah. creates for good art. Like I think a lot of people have put out some really forward thinking shit. Yeah. And now that we're back, people don't really want to change what they were doing when we were in COVID. So it's kind of existing in these or yeah. like resulting in these multi-genre things yeah. coming out of the bass community, which yeah. is super sick. I definitely work on like way more music now, just like since COVID, because like when that happened, all I did was work like nine to five on music every day. Because yeah. my girlfriend works in nine to five, so I'm like, what am I gonna do all day besides work on music? Because like when she gets off, like she wants to hang out with me. I'm like, I'm that's not fair to like stay up all night and work on music, even though that's like fun sometimes. But I'm like, I gotta work. And now like I find myself definitely like less like less like feeling an urge to go out and like party or like go to shows. Like I'm kind of like if I'm not working, like I don't really like going out a whole lot. Like, I'm the same way yeah, for for EDM. Unless I am playing or there's, like, a homie in town. Yeah, if there's, like, I, a homie who comes to town, that's, like, the exception. Yeah, I'm like, we'll go to a show. I'm that's like, yeah. the exception. Then I am, I, I, you will not yeah. see me there. Now, you give me a rock, rock show <laughs> or a metal show, yeah. I'll go to those. But I haven't been in a long time, but, like, those are the kind of musical experiences that I really enjoy. And that's yeah. why implementing, like, live elements is, like, huge on my, like, 21 to 2022 kind of transition because that's... I feel like that's the future BDM, first of all. Yeah, no, that stuff definitely pops. At least, like... I don't know. I mean, we play instruments, so we're probably a little more, like, yeah. gravitational towards but, it. But, but it's like, hard because it's a party crowd. Yeah. So sometimes people are like, what the fuck? I'm not at a concert. Yeah. Like, da-da-da-da. But, like, at least for me, like, I know if, like, I'm going to see, like, a DJ or even, like, I mean, a band as well. But, like, if I'm going to see a DJ and I see someone, like, whip out an instrument, like, I'm instantly going to be like, okay, this is cool. It yeah. just It, like, gets me into it, like, more. I don't know why. It's just, like, I'm, like... Maybe it's just because I play an instrument, but it just makes me, like, more into it, I feel like. So that's... Yeah. I see that becoming more of a thing. But like, that's the demographic, like, you're appealing to. So, like, yeah. that, those are the people you want to captivate. And it just makes for, like, a more interesting performance. Yeah. And, and that's where I had found myself when I talked to you, like, midsummer. It was right after I left the residency, and I was like, okay... I'm going to, like, use the next six months to start figuring out how I can do this properly, whether I want to predominantly use my keyboard or my bass guitar. Yeah. And because I was just getting bored DJing. I was like, I'm literally bored. Unless I'm, like, hitting my pen, which results in me getting way too hot, (laughs) and then I have to leave the venue right after, I just get bored. And I'm like, I want to be, like, stimulated on stage. Like, I want to have more of, like, these live elements. I feel like it's, like, that feeling of, like... It's like the nervousness and the rush of I could mess something up. Because yeah. I feel like DJing at this point to us is kind of like riding a bike. Like, it's not... It's, I only put my headphones on yeah, so I don't, I don't get DMs. I don't even touch my headphones. Every, oh, my God. Literally every single set, here's how it goes. I walk up to the booth. I open up my headphone pouch because it has my USBs. I take out my Same. USBs. I put them in, and then I close it, and I put it to the side. And I literally don't touch I'm it. I'm literally... Like, yeah. A-B. If you're A-B, playing your own music A-B, and you have it hot queued up, like, you know how to DJ without headphones. You don't need to... There's beat matching on the CDJs. You don't need to, like, look at that. And we're thing. not in house music, so it's a little bit it's, of a different yeah. technique of DJing where everyone 
on the festival circuit, most people, even in deep dubstep, you're playing hard cuts. You're playing It's very edits. quick transitions. And it's even not if like you're long. looping, you yeah. have like an acapella on one and then you have the instrumental yeah. on near the other. Yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's, yeah. it's, it's not this like rocket science thing if you prepare in record box. It's just yeah. really not. But tell me about the EP. I want to know about the EP. So okay. did this is this a is this an end result of COVID? Yes, actually. I made these tracks during COVID. Um I actually told myself I was like I'm going to make an EP where I make a track a week. Because I felt like every single EP I That's made... That's what I need to do, man. I yeah. can't finish music for shit right now. <laughs> Besides the Christmas EP, oh. I'm like, I can't fucking finish music for shit. So I was literally like, I want to make a track a week so it sounds super cohesive. Because usually, like, I'll just make tracks, and at the end, I'm like, okay, these sound good together. Like, I can make them. Like, yeah, I kind of put some thought into it, but I was like, this one, like, I really want to do this, like, back-to-back. So it started off, and I made three tracks, like, a track a week. And then I was like, I kind of want to make this, like, a little bigger. Because I made three three tracks that were like 75 so then i was like let me make some more funky stuff i was like i made a 90 bpm track the next week and then the week after that i made beatbox 2 that's like a super chill track that's actually the last track on the ep and i brought back skimato for that he's the man that's oh, a sax that's player okay. so i'm super excited for that um it's also like really fucking crazy for me to like listen to that song because like Beatbox 1 is, like, really old now. Like, I, I put it out only, like, a year ago, but, like, I made that song probably two years ago. Yeah. So, like, to hear Beatbox 1 next to Beatbox 2, like, it literally gets me so excited. I yeah. cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Yes. But, yeah, so I have a six-track EP coming out. Um, It's going to be called Momentum, and it's going to be dropping on Subcarbon January 14th. Woo! Way to start the new year out with the fucking bang. The subcarbon family seems like really close. And that's like the, I feel like that's the advantage point to releasing with labels where like they have awesome curated events and they have like these other things that like open these doors for you. And it's right down your alley of sound. Like, you couldn't Those fit like, in with someone. Like, yeah. you're a little bit too, I feel like, boppy for, like, Wakan. Yeah. But yeah. you're not, like, dubstep. No, so yeah. So you fit in that niche. It's literally, like, the exact type of people I want to be, like, playing for. Because they all love, like, that, like, reggae, like, instrumental vibe. I was literally like, just about to say yeah. that I could see you doing shit like, long-term with, like, reggae bands and, yeah. like, stuff like that. Where no, yeah, that's that was, like, literally what I was inspired by. Like, when I started... Like, my really big inspirations were, like, Boogie T and Gonjo. Like, I saw... I remember seeing Boogie T while, like, open for him, and that show, like, literally, like, changed my life in, like, 20, like, 18 January. Yeah. That was, like, like, the moment that I was, like, I'm making music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then I definitely kind of, like... I shifted away from, like, that dubstep style into more, like, the bass stuff, similar to, like, how, like, Blunts, like, Taboo, like, those people started inspiring me. But, like, I'll always have, like, the musicality of, like, the tracks I make will always kind of be, like, grounded and influenced from, like, people, like, on the ganja side of things. Because it was very, like... And they all have live elements. Yeah, 100%. And that was, like, what really got me, like, into that stuff. So it feels really whole circle. Um, I've been, I mean, full circle. (laughs) I've been uh, literally sending them music for, like, three years now. Like, I pulled up the email thread and, like... I sent them tracks in like 2018. So I was like, this well, is fucking Well, That's crazy. a good kind of takeaway for people listening because it, it takes, takes a, a minute. minute. <laughs> yeah, it takes it a minute. Takes, it's actually crazy. I was talking to my girlfriend about that because I probably went like a good like two and a half years after making music before I had like any good news. Like I would send shit out to every label, never got anything. 
then like I think I had like one thing of good news when like Powerhouse took one of my songs. That was like the first label thing, I remember and I that. was like, yes. Powerhouse was, fans supported me since yeah. day one. They're and the I was, shit. Dude, They're I was so excited, and then I was like, now it feels like. It feels like literally every other fucking month, like, I get an email and, like, I'm signing a track. And it feels like it's crazy because it feels like it's all at once. But it's also, like, I've been working on these songs for, like, three fucking years. You don't so, realize, like, yeah. Yeah, like, it didn't just, like, happen. But, like, it's crazy, like, how often I'm, like, getting news now. Like, I can't really believe it. But it's just fucking, It's crazy it's, when you have, like, labels hit you up. And they're just like, hey, do you have any music? And you're like, wait, what? It's, like, the you're greatest like, oh, feeling. wait, I'll go write music right yeah. now. <laughs> like, I'll go, I'll go finish something right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do that right now. And it's just, it's a long, it's a long journey. And people just talk about from the consumer side of people showing up and and where did they come from they came from nowhere 90 percent of the time they've yeah. been working their ass off for like five to ten years yeah no literally that's actually not to like relate like a pop like thing but like that olivia rodrigo girl like everyone's like she just blew the fuck up but, no like, she didn't No, like she's been doing this shit for like years like it just takes like one like really big project like that for, like, to put you on the map. Bro, that's crazy. Like, oh I told, when I told my girl that he was, used to be a dubstep producer, she was like, no. I was like, he used to make jersey, no, like dubstep, Some like, people trap. don't even know about like, era of him, which no. is so crazy. I used to play all those tunes. I still play some yeah. of his IDs that he never released, like, in my fucking, in my sets. And he's also, like, the perfect example of someone who worked at a craze in that jersey-based trap era he did that for like eight years. For a minute, yeah. For like for at least at least four to five, maybe yeah. eight, stretching it. But consistently putting out music. Yeah. Collabs with like, and it wasn't like he was this unknown guy. Like, no, like he did was... collabs with 4B, did collabs yeah, with this. He, he was ghosting for fucking a huge list of people. <laughs> and and it's like then he just switched. That's, and sometimes it just takes like a fresh look at things and you step back and you're like that's that's honestly that's like the craziest like billboard like yeah like, like number one i love like, when i like crazy. see someone that i like don't know personally but i'm like that just made me happy as fuck like yeah i remember i read his post everyone in florida is just Yo, like dude that like, shit made me so happy i remember reading his post um I think it was a post his manager made, like, it was, like, back in, like, November. But it was, like, right when he got picked up by UTA. And it was, like, it was, like, a long-ass post, but I remember the last line in the post said, everyone who closed the door on us, we're coming back to, like, sell out the whole place or some shit like that. Yeah. And I was, like, dude, like, it's crazy to see, like, how many no's you get before, like, you get He's that He's been yes. told no yeah, like, so many That shit's so times. inspirational to see. And, like, and, it, and it's crazy because, you know, you just... You you always, like, my thing is that, like, having an outside group of people that are not involved in EDM is really important because yeah. a lot of people in this industry just kind of want to, like, like, use you and abuse you. It's, like, self-serving as hell. It's, like, self-serving. Yeah. And, like, I know he was in those situations a lot where, like, he got the short end of the stick and he did all the work. So yeah. that's, like, the thing is just, like, if you can put your head down and put your blinders on and just work eventually, as long as you are taking constructive criticism, as long as yep. you are able to turn in one day and say, hey, maybe this aspect isn't working. Maybe yeah. this is doing whatever. Something will happen. And you will get somewhere. 100%. Like, 100%. It may yeah. not be what you intended in your journey, but you have to be open to things. Sometimes yeah. people are just like, no, like, I want to be on tour with Excision, and I'm not going to do anything and else. Like and that's, that's <laughs> it. And it's yeah. not it. Like, you cannot have closed 
blinds on other opportunities that may throw yourself somewhere that will get you another way to your no, final exactly. goal. Yeah, like, I definitely... Like, I love EDM music, but, like, I definitely one day want to do, like, everything. Like, yeah. I want to make, like, hip-hop tracks. I want to make rock songs. Like, I want to make literally everything, because, like, yeah. why the fuck not? I my whole life to make music, like, to, like, sit there and only make one type of music for your entire life is, like, literally impossible. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. It's like, literally... I don't know who I was speaking yeah. to the other day, but... They just said it's like eating the same meal every single <laughs> meal for the rest of your life. Yeah. How would that be good? How no. would how would that be enjoyable or like fulfilling? And that's the one thing that like I don't really like about this this genre where people are getting better. Yeah. People are getting better, but it's really hard to that. break that mold. They're very hesitant to change. Like even even the DMB thing, which, like, that's such a great debate right now, even though, like, dude, the second I heard a drum and bass song, I was like, I fucking uh, love this. I've listened to like, drum and bass for yeah, years. I don't see how people who like bass music don't like drum and bass, but it's, like, really common because, like, they're just very, like, a lot of people in the bass world only like bass music, which, like, I get it, but, like, there's a lot of music out there. There's a like, lot of music out there. There's a lot of music out there, and, like, and you know those people can listen to, like, radio music and, like, hip-hop and pop because, like, it's in the world. You can't not listen to it. So, like, if you can listen to non-EDM genres, then don't be so, like, closed-minded in EDM world. Like, listen to, like, other electronic genres. And dubstep didn't even start in the United States. Yeah. So, like, from D&B coming from overseas, I'm just like, do you even know the history yeah. of dubstep? <laughs> do you even know that? Because Crazy. that was... You know, the people in UK look at us like we ruined bass music, yeah. but that's fine. Um, that's fine. But it, it's just become this, like, monstrous thing over here. But exactly, I don't want to make the same thing forever. And that's why I kind of just look at these, like, niche scenes. And I also look at the people involved. And I'm like, do you want to be a part of these people? Do you yeah. want to be a part of this? Do you foresee yourself growing and maturing and being challenged by people around you? Yeah. And... I just feel like we exist in the only genre where you can succeed and literally not be a musician and not know a single fucking thing yes. about music. It's and literally fake so... it until you make it. Literally it's, fake it until you make it's it. It's honestly the craziest thing ever. Like, I was, I remember having, I don't even know who I was talking to about it, but I was like, yo, like, being ghost produced is, like, the equivalent of, like, me like, hiring someone to be a doctor and then slapping my name on the practice and being, like, come see me, I'm a doctor, and then putting someone else in the room. I couldn't live like, with the what? guilt. Like, How my boyfriend always knows when I'm lying, and he'll be like, he'll be like, Liz, like, I know you're lying. Like, I know you're not telling the truth. And I just could not. I get it. It is a part of the industry. It is totally a part of the industry. It happens with pop singers. It happens with this. But the problem I have is, like, we're supposed to be producers. It's a one-man project. Like, yeah. it's so different. Whereas, like, pop songs are, like, multi-collaborators. Everything's, like... And I wish we could yeah. have multi-collaborators and credit people correctly because I think we could write better music. Oh, yeah. 100%. But from a local standpoint, like, we're both from Florida. Like, there is no reason that you... Like, it's okay to just be a DJ. It is okay yeah, to 100%. do that. Yeah. And it's just really disheartening when you, yeah. when you see that because... I, yeah, I, I can't even go there with those no, kind yeah. of, that, 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 <laughs> and I'm not going to open that can of worms, but it's just like the effort that you put in 
to faking it, if you put into learning, yeah. you would be probably close <laughs> to the same position. And like... everyone makes mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I fucking made mistakes. I know everyone has made yeah. bad decisions, like, in this industry, and they learn of from course, it. Yeah. Like, I don't judge people for making mistakes. But if you're outwardly going and taking an opportunity from someone who is literally like working, grinding that's, and that's doing everything me. to learn... Yeah. I don't fuck with you. I, I feel <laughs> like, like I feel like if it was like not such a rampant thing, but I feel like the reason that it's like because I'm I t- I totally I know you're like me. You have that mindset of like fuck it, like I'm keeping my head down. I'm not worried about what other people are yeah. doing. But like I think it's like when you see like those types of people being like put on a pedestal by like big players in the industry who are like standing behind them and are like yeah like and like putting up for them. And I'm like dude, like that sucks to see. Like there's a million people who are like talented. And, like, who are doing the whole package, like, marketing, like, they're doing it all. Like, I know that's, like, a common thing you hear is, like, oh, they make really good music, but, like, they're not marketing themselves well. There is so many people nowadays with social media. Dude, like, you, like, you have all this, like, podcast. Like, you have such, like, a great brand, and, like, you market yourself so fucking well. Like, Thank you. The podcast was, like, not in the plan, but I really like it. And it's, like, it's, it's, I've met people and things have happened because of the podcast that, in all honesty, my music would have never done for me. So it's a great so way to meet people. It's yeah. a great way to meet people. I don't. I'm kind of a homebody now, especially. I don't like going out unless I play. So I don't like playing the networking game. So like, this is how yeah. I network. This is how I create I conversation. <laughs> so and and it's especially important, like where your manager is really great at like going out, doing the networking, yeah. talking to people, and that's what a manager is supposed to do. Yeah. They're supposed to be like an extension of you. They're like yeah. a third arm. Like, I feel like as an artist, I like almost like unless I like know an artist and like or like have like released on their label I always like hate like the whole like let me go up to someone like when they're like at a show or in a green room and I feel like it comes off as bothersome well and, and you're I'm, nice like, too and you want to be nice and a lot yeah. of producers are nice but like secretly they're just like fuck man like, yeah. like I don't want to deal with this right now I no, just want to work yeah. on shit that's what chill. I'm saying so I'm just like I'm kind of like unless I know you or like it's like you're standing right next to me I'm not gonna like go out of my way to bother you if you're like playing a show like, yeah cause you would want annoying. the same thing not yeah, to happen yeah it's like you. mutual respect that's just like annoying yeah yeah and it's like with me like I've been working on like the EP and I've been working on other stuff but from the ghost production aspect it's like I'd rather not release music than like go and buy shit like I that's you know literally- <laughs> and that's and that's what people don't understand too is like yeah. from a consumer standpoint you have to understand that we're humans and we literally all go through shit we all make mistakes we all improve we all have a change of heart to like genres or this or that and shit happens people get in mental ruts like covid happened like mm-hmm. there's so many reasons why someone could not be writing well or not yeah. be happy with what they're doing and it's like something that you you put out into the world and that's the other thing that i hate is like the output of music that's expected from that's an up-and-coming producer yeah. is rough right now. That's it's, one thing I'm definitely trying to change for myself next year because, like, I really wanted to get, You released like, a shit ton yeah, of music I, this like, year. I, I felt like I made so much music during COVID, and I was like, if I hang on to this music for too long, like, gonna I'm like not going to want to release yeah. it. And I was like... I want to have, like, a good catalog, but I'm, like, now that I do, like, I have a six-track EP dropping in January, so I'm, like, I don't see myself putting out music for at no, least, like... No, for, like, like, three or four months. Yeah, no, till, at all. yeah, exactly. So I'm, like, I am definitely want to, like, slow it down next year and, like, really... Because I feel like it makes it makes it more desired, too, as, like, a fan. Like, when I see, like, an artist who, like, drops an album every, like, not, like... 
to like fucking like Rez or someone like yeah. that or like dude like Adele just put out an album after five years and it's fucking unreal. Border, like, ten yeah, years. like dude, he like took, stuff he took like a that. Fucking decade and off. It, yeah, and it like builds up anticipation and hype and it like makes it more like. It's, and that's it's and that's where it's like from an up and coming producer standpoint, you have to find that happy medium. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't take five years yeah. to put out something. No, but exactly. You also right now. There's so many people learning how to produce. It's so an open playing field to however you want to distribute it, whether yeah. it's getting signed to a level, whether it's doing DistroKid, whether it's doing Symphonic Distro. You can get everything out there, but that's the other toss of the coin where I speak to A&Rs or I speak to other people, and they talk about someone with an excess amount of music, like a song every two weeks that yeah. sounds exactly the same, or it isn't yeah. good quality. That too, It's yeah. like you want to have quality yeah. over quantity if it comes down to 100%. it. 100%, yeah. That's something, like, I would change if I could go back. Because, like, when I first started, like, I was, like... I wanted to be consistent and release music, but I'm like, there was no point in releasing music for at least like the first year. Yeah. Because like songs I made like three years ago, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I, I don't always play that fight shit. with me taking down yeah. songs that I independently released. I like want to, and then someone will message me and be like, I like this song, and I'm like, really? I'm like, thank you so much because I don't like it. You never know though. <laughs> like literally, my first song I ever put out, I still get comments. I don't see like comments on obviously Spotify doesn't have comments, but like. I see comments on SoundCloud on it. Like, yeah. I see this, and I'm just like, fuck, like, I, I want to like, take it down yeah. so bad, but I can't. I feel like we're also, like, producers, so we look at things differently. Like, most people aren't, like, tearing apart a song in their mind as they're listening to yeah, it like we correct. are. So it's like... And you look yeah. at, like, the evolution of it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, and you're like, fuck, like, I'm like, so much better I'm now. like, why did no one show me how the fuck to side Yeah, train? why <laughs> did no one tell me that it sucked? Like, but, but everybody's listening to it like, oh, you're a beginner, oh, yeah, you're this, oh, you're just, that. Yeah, it's like... Like, no one, I, like, always try to do that, too, and, like, help out people, like, if they give me feedback. But it's, like, you can only give, like, a small amount of feedback to someone who's starting. Like, you can't give them a list of notes because they have to know what you're, like, talking about. Like, that yeah. stuff comes with experience. So it's, yes. like, whenever, like, a new producer sends me music, like, I try to, like, look at it and, like, the foundation of it. Like, do the drums sound clean? Like, is everything, like, cutting through? And, like, I'm, like, this is, like, I'm going to give you, like, small little feedback things that are going to help out. Like, this needs to be side-chained or, like, this needs to be, like, mixed better, EQ'd, or, like, that stuff is... It's fucking, is, yeah. it's hard. It's, it's, I understand why I always have like a mental battle where I'm like, okay, can I mix and master this on my own or do I get a second opinion and send it off? Do I do yeah. this? Do I do that? Because every situation is a bit different. And it's like, I know I don't have analog gear where some of my friends have analog gear yeah. that they can mix and master with. So it's weighing everything out. But as like a very beginner, beginner, I think learning and being educated on how to do it all is important. Yeah. Like you got to know, like, a good amount of everything in every area. You don't have to know the intense details and all, like, the little yes. bells and whistles, but yes. you have to know, like, a good amount about each, like, main component yep. to making the music. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, like, when I first started, like, I've always been a musician. So, like, I listen to some of my songs I made three years ago, and I'm like, the music here is good. It's just not EQ'd or mixed. Like, it's mixed like shit. And the I'm like, that's... The mix can kill your whole song. Yeah, And 100%. most of the really large artists, like, slander level... You know, they send their shit out, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But it's yeah. like, can you pay $500 for track? I you actually know? just, like, recently started doing it. Shout out the fucking legend, Plasmo, you're the goat. <laughs> oh, Mikey does your stuff. I feel like Mikey told me a long time ago he did, like, one of your tracks, and it, like, slapped. So he did them for, like, a year. And then I was like, yo, I'm moving to Tampa. Like, you got to just teach me how to do this. Yeah. Especially, like, he's busy. So, like, it would take a little bit to get it back. And I'm yes. like, so I started doing that, and I was like, 
I realized how much easier it is to make music with a master plugin on, like, from the start of making a track. Oh, yeah. yeah well, you're building like, into the master. Yeah, and I used to, like, send him stuff, and I would always, like, need tweaks and be like, this needs to be changed. And then oh, I was I still like... I do that. I'm always like... Yeah, and I'm like, if I can hear these bass parts, like, with the master already on, like, I'll know that, like, this is too harsh or, like, this needs to be cut. And, and Mikey like, has... He has... Does he have a long chain, or does he just do, like, a saturator and a limiter? It's so fucking simple, yeah. Well, I don't know if I can give like it a, out, but... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's fine. Because it's usually... I can I usually see people, they either have, like, a huge chain. Yeah, literally. Which you have to build into because yeah. if you don't, you're going to slap it on there and it's going to be way over compressed, way over whatever. And that's why I tell my students or other people, like, all the fucking time is that every rack that you get from someone else was designed for sound that you don't have. Yeah, exactly. So you have to use it strategically because you're destroying the sound no, every time you put something actually, on there. Yeah. So less is, like, always more, but then I'm like... No, Subtronics does this five times in a row and then fucking freeze and flatten it. So I guess it's it's just whatever like you're going for. At the end of the day, it just has to sound good. It's yeah, like it's, I've it's if it sounds good, mindset. it sounds good. Yeah. Like there's no like there's like ways to get to the end result, but there's no formula. Like that's no. always what happens. Everyone's I'll, like, different. And then there's some people yeah. who I just have that like have just a saturator with software. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's it. I'm like, okay. That's funny. Yeah. No, yeah. When he showed me it, I was like, this is literally what it is. I was like, it's this simple. I was like, Are you kidding me? It's no, like three days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's how he does all of his shit. That's yeah. how he finishes his tracks so fucking quick. Yeah. No, it's it sounds really quality too. Like I love it. It's like my I've had a lot of different master people like over the years. So like. I'm, like, really happy now that I can do it on my own, and I'm, like, super happy with the way it sounds, and, like, now I know how to, like, work with it and have gotten, like, used to it and, like, really in the flow. Like, I feel like I used to have to really, like, get a track done, and I'd, like, check it, like, 500 times in the car, on a phone, on everything, and be like, this is good. And, like, now I feel, like, way more confident being, like, okay, I know it sounds good in my headphones right now, and I can tell, like, it's going to sound good. And, like, that's the best feeling, being yeah. like, okay, I don't have to, like, sketch about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still do that, and I feel like... It's no, not, I mean, I do it all the time. I hate it because, like, yeah. it'll sound good in my headphones, and then, like, all of a sudden, my phone will be straight, and I'll go to my car. The, yeah, the car all, the cars yeah. always the one where I'm like, fuck. You know what's like, weird, I'm like, great, too? This is great. I recently noticed, well, because sound, I, I mean, I kind of knew, but, like, I didn't think about it. SoundCloud, like, compresses your shit. Yeah. So, like, I've, like, had a track so that... SoundCloud's always louder. Yeah, I've literally had a track that sounded so good on, my, on like, my monitors, my headphones, in the car as well. And then I played it on SoundCloud on my phone, and it sounded weird. And then I just literally sent the track, like, to my phone via text, listened to the wave, and it sounded fine. And I was like, this part sounds off, like, only on SoundCloud, and had to, like cut yeah, like yeah. something on it and i was like yo like really that's why yeah like little even... things like well it's like for that too where people a lot of beginners i see kind of like format their songs like dynamically for soundcloud because it's louder but then they don't realize that when they put yeah. it on spotify and apple music it's just compressing the shit out of it and you lose yeah. all of your dynamic range and it doesn't sound good no and exactly. and and it's just it's it's a journey. It's a yeah. fucking learning process. <laughs> no, literally. Always learning. Like, even, like, tracks I made, like, six months ago, I'm like, why did I do that here? Even though it's done, I'm like, I could change that. But, like, it's, like, shit like that. Like, there's always growing. Every single time I make a song, I feel like I'm better than the last song. And that's, like, important. That's, that's yeah. the only thing that it's matters. Like really and that's important. why... Like, I get it. Spotify fucking sucks as a company. Let's just put... The, I don't know. Maybe I should fucking do that. I'm going to beat that out. But, like, they're not fair to their artists. Let me just put yeah. it that way. They're not fair to Yo. their artists. They're not owned by artists. They're owned by a corporation mm -hmm. and a guy who's business savvy, which is totally fine. I totally get that. But 
that's why I think it's cool to look at the Spotify rap numbers. Like, I totally get people not wanting to post them. I totally get X, Y, and Z reason. But to see improvement every year, it doesn't matter about the number to me. It matters about, like, oh, holy shit, I quadrupled my numbers. I doubled my numbers. Like, any time that you do that, like, you know that you're doing something right. That is cool. I love all, like, the little stats, too. Like, when you see, like, how many people add it to playlists, you're like, oh, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's crazy. I had, like, 12 playlists last year, I think. Yeah, yeah, literally. No, I was the same. Yeah. I, I remember, I I originally, like, looked at the number. I was like, oh, I don't want to fucking look at this. I haven't released music in three months. I was like, fuck. And then and then I looked at it and was like, damn, I was like, what was yeah. my number last year? Right. And I was like, I was, like, a few hundred thousand. I was only, like, 90K, I think. And I was yeah. like, okay. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take that. No, literally, that's, like, the best feeling. Like, there was a thing yeah. that said, like, Plus, like, 999%. Yeah, it really, yeah. Like, I had, like, no listeners yeah. last year. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. No, it's it's a Crazy. huge growth year. I mean, I definitely think that everyone that's in it for the right reason benefited from COVID. Benefited yeah. from, like, the 100%. opportunity to develop their project in a new way. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And and you definitely see the pe- saw the people who kind of fell off that were just yeah. kind of, like, planted on the touring circuits and planted on this when they were... Or like in it for the shows. Yeah, and like that's okay. Like being a DJ is totally cool, but it's we're definitely moving into an era where like if you want to do this on the size that you see people playing these events, you gotta make music. Mm -hmm. You gotta make music, or you gotta be a trust fund baby. It's one of the two. One of the two. One of the two. (laughs) It's one of the two. Um, Before, yeah, right. (laughs) Before we leave off, um, I want one piece of advice from you for. Anyone in Florida that's playing, we're going to have a lot of Florida listeners, because people from Tally, people from Tampa, that's playing local shows, they're making some music, and they just feel like they're in a rut, and they don't know what to do. I love that. Okay. (laughs) I know that's a little bit tricky, but we've both gone through that, that, so. Um, Literally, just, like, don't change your vision for someone else. I know there's, like, many times where I've felt like, oh, I want to fit in with this, or, like, I want to be doing this, or, like, in this conversation, but, like make people talk about you, keep your head down, and if you keep working, like, they will. Like, it'll happen. And don't don't get discouraged when you see, like, X, Y, and Z frat DJ getting all the cool bookings, because I promise you that's not going to do shit for them. They're not making music. So focus on making music, keep your head down, and, yeah, like, yeah. that's that's basically what it is. Like, that's really what's important if you're trying to get into, like, this type of scene. If you want to go the DJ route, that's also totally cool. But if you're, like, trying to make music make it consistency is key and it's very important yeah yeah and just time and patience not yeah. getting overly frustrated no 100 percent. it's literally just time consistency time patience having like a strong vision and like if you change it that's okay but don't change it for something yeah else. yeah change it you if know? you want to like definitely like it's cool to adapt but yeah, yeah don't do something because like you, you want to like fit in with this trend yeah. because like if you're following a trend that the moment the that off. you master it <laughs> It's going to be gone. Yep. And then you're going to be behind the wave, and then you're going to be like, oh, my God, I just wasted a year learning how to make tear out. I just yep. wasted a year learning how to make X, Y, and Z, and it's not going to be hot anymore. Yep. So just do what you want to do, and it's going to take longer, but it's going to be worth it. I will leave you off with this. Definitely don't ride trends. Make your own waves. That is a teaser for the EP coming ah! up. Awesome. Yep. Hell, yeah. Thank you, Evan, for coming on. Thank you so Everybody much Everybody go check me. out. Evolution's new mix, as well as uh, the EP that's coming very soon. Very excited. Thank you guys so much. Hell yeah. All right. See you guys next time. See you guys later.
Thank you guys, as always, for tuning into the EXO podcast. Um, I really loved this episode, so I hope you guys liked it as much as I did. If you want ad-free episodes, make sure to head over to my Patreon. If you want a shout-out on the podcast, make sure to head over to my Patreon. If you want edit packs, sample packs, vocal packs, one-on-one lessons, make sure to head over to my Patreon. My girl, Remedy Montreal, he's multi-genre based producer, did a guest mix for EXO Radio this week, so make sure to click the link below and jam out to that. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you fuckers next time.